Hello and welcome to the latest instalment of the Coleman Had a Dream podcast. I am here as ever with Ruth. Hello, Ruth. How are you? Hi again. But about the same as I was 10 minutes ago, strangely <laughs> enough. <laughs> I was going to say, I mugged you off for doing this to me before and now I'm doing the exact same thing to you. It's 10 seconds after we last recorded. Um, we're both fine. Thanks for asking. So um, after our last podcast, which was about centre midfielders, loosely, we are now going to talk about wide midfielders doing the same combination of right foot, left foot, headers, etc. Um, I actually found this a little bit more difficult than I thought I would and I'm not entirely sure why. But uh, we'll start, Ruth, with left foot. Who have you got for left foot? Oh, okay. Um, again, I realise this is a little naughty because technically he might be more in the forward category than the winger midfield category. But I think as his career has developed, this has happened more and more that he's playing in midfield. Um so I actually went for Lionel Messi as my favourite left footer. I think we are incredibly blessed at the minute that we are able to watch as much of Messi's football as we are. Yeah. He is astounding. Um, I mean, he's not um, like I'm not spiritual at all, but it, Messi makes you believe that there must be gods of football. <laughs> ball at the very least you know uh, he is just he is just a joy to watch uh, it like in a different league I feel at the minute his his ability to assess what's going on on the field and kind of marshal the organization of it and and I, I've loved seeing his evolution as a player as well I and and the tea he's, he's just amazing i can't find words to describe watching lionel messi it's just gorgeous um it's an interesting one because i have i'm in the in the case of us breaking the rules i've gone for messi elsewhere but i i'm, I'm kind of intrigued by messi because obviously like he's such a good footballer naturally his awareness and his ability to find space and i've never seen someone find space by standing still before that's kind of the first rule of finding space is don't <laughs> stand still because you're easy to mark with it yet somehow it happens for him um his finishing ability is like i i don't think i've ever seen uh, with one exception, which I'll come to in the in the strikers category when we do that, but I don't think I've ever seen anyone whose finishing is is that good. Um, the reason I didn't go for him for left foot is because I have been quite predictable, but I'm I've got a good amount of reasoning to explain it. the <laughs> The other thing with me the only thing with Messi that I do think is I wonder. And this is not a criticism by any stretch. I just wonder how he would fit in in a different era of football. Um, I wonder if he'd have been born 10 years earlier, if, if he still would have had the same impact, or whether in in a footballing sense he would have had the same impact, that he changed the way that Barca played because he was so good they kind of fitted things around him and the kind of tiki-taka passing style of football thing may have started sooner or whether we would have been beaten out of the game. I mean, I'm intrigued by that. It's not a, a criticism in, in any way. I think Barca, the fact that he ended up at Barca is actually crucial to this, Yeah, his development. I think if he'd have ended up there 10 years earlier, I think the trajectory may well have been very similar. 
if he'd have ended some ended up somewhere else ten years earlier, I can't disagree with you. I think there might be a different story. Yeah, I'm intrigued, and I, it's the same old argument. I would always wonder, and this is the same for any of those players. Uh, I, I would always wonder how he would do in the Premier League. I think um, it is a different style of football, and 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 again, I'm by no means saying the Premier League is the best in the world. I'm just saying it's different, and I, I'm just intrigued to know how he would do. I, I don't think he would do worse personally um I, i'm sure he would score just as many goals because you know that's what he does but um I, I i would be intrigued to see him in the premier league anyway this is completely off topic well it's not <laughs> off topic it's actually quite on topic but relatively it's off topic um i i've seen messi play a couple of times again like i, I saw him play at barca and he or he, we went to see him play against deportivo and they won 5-1 and he did score but he almost scored that one of those goals that would have been like the the highlight real goals that you always see. He took on about four different people, played a one-two with someone, and the goalkeeper came to close him down, and he dinked the goalkeeper, but it bounced off the face of the crossbar and bounced straight back into the keeper's hands. And if that had gone in, that would have been one of those like I was there moments, and I was gutted it didn't. But he was phenomenal. But I, for as good as he is with his left foot. I obviously haven't seen an, an, enough of him um, as I have compared to the next person. And I've put Gareth Bale as the best put left foot I've ever seen for a selection of reasons. He's obviously not as good as Leo Messi. I'm not for one moment. <laughs> I take it you picked that up. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say I'd edit that out, but I don't think I will. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen as much of a player be that good and see him in the flesh in real life as many times as we've been lucky to and and, and and be that impressed. I think the year before he went to Real Madrid, I, I think he was one of the best three players in the world. That year at Spurs, he scored ridiculous goals. Um, he, in my opinion, has changed, I think we've had this conversation before, he's changed the face of Welsh football. He's changed what Welsh football is about. We are now successful. We are now winners. We now have a target on our back we're now not really underdogs anymore we're you know with I wouldn't say top dogs but we are we're at least dogs um, <laughs> um and and I think that is almost entirely down to him he scored goals that I think are in, like are almost impossible for other people to score and I don't even think Messi would scores the same amount the same type of goals as as Bale like there was a, a a strike against West Ham, uh, which he scored for Spurs, which is very similar to the goal he scored against Scotland for Wales, where he just strikes across the ball, and it it's like the ball has got a mind of its own, and it whips and swirls and ends up in the top corner like it always does. And he's so good at cutting inside. I remember when we were listening, uh, we were talking to Owen uh, Vaughan Williams, and he said the same sort of thing. He would you would know exactly what he's going to do, but there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. He could tell you where it's going to go and you still couldn't stop it. Um, and I also think that the overhead kick is the best goal in the history of the Champions League final. Or I mean, I, I wouldn't say European Cup final because I don't know enough long ago back, but I think he has got something super, super special in that left foot. And I think if we're doing a wide player's type thing I just I couldn't not include him now I think he, I mean he's probably number two on my list but we've been very blessed with amazing left-footed 
wingers, haven't you? I mean, we can't not mention gigs as we as we talk about this. But I also wanted to mention Cliff Jones, who at the time was probably the best winger in Europe. And, you know, it's rare that we've had people that you might, players that you might think, people weren't arguing about who was the best winger in Europe. There was a period for a couple of years where he was regarded as the best. And Juve offered £125,000 for him in 1962. It would have been a a world record transfer at the time. And Spurs turned it down. (laughs) So I think that says a lot about how he was valued at the time. One, Juve were going after him. Two, they were prepared to play a world record for him. And Spurs wanted him enough that they weren't tempted to sell him at that price. Um, I think there's not that much footage of, of him that you can find, but there's enough for you can you can just see the the quality of his of his play. He was brilliant. Yeah, I, I think he's again someone I don't know much about, but I, I've heard a lot about and. Uh... Yeah, a, a very good player and, and, and still in unbelievable shape. If you've if you've seen videos of him on Twitter, um, yes. So to move on to your right-footed wide player, I'm I'm, I'm really impressed so far that we've not uh, crossed paths so much, and I'm I'm not sure if this might be yeah. the area where we start to have the same answers. But uh, anyway, who have you gone for for right foot? Okay, I've considered a few people. Um, Luis Figo, I think, was just very elegant, um, particularly in his younger play, when younger days when he was more obviously on the wing. Um, I don't think you can ignore Beckham's right foot in this in this discussion. Uh, I also wanted to include George Best on my list somewhere, at least in consideration, because I, he was just mercurial. He was just amazing. Um, but you could make an argument about whether he was really a right-footed player. Ultimately... I went for Johan Cruyff because he had to be on the list somewhere. <laughs> and again, he's one of those players that you can argue about whether he's really a right-footed player or, yeah. you know, a generalist. Um, but he was, he, it was like having a sort of musical conductor on the, on the field when you watched, when you watched Cruyff play. His reading of the game was, amazing he's another one that falls into the this category i seem to have subconscious category of players that um understand space but i think cruyff's skill was he just doesn't didn't understand space he understood time like it's no good having the space if your timing doesn't utilize the space and i think he is the best i've ever seen in combining those two things of being able to predict you know how they say great chess players can predict not just the next like 10 or 12 moves they can predict the next 50 or 60 moves he he was like that he was just like so far ahead of what was happening on the field relative to the people that were around him and there were some great players around him um so i think that i don't think you can have these lists without including him and so that's that's who i chose for for my right Right-footed player. I, uh, I I toyed with him and I toyed with Best, but then I wanted to stick to my realm of them being in my lifetime sort of thing. So that's why I, I, I didn't go for them Best, particularly he was very close. Um, Figo uh, was also in second place on my list um, to the person that you've already mentioned, which is David Beckham. 
I think in my lifetime, I don't think I've seen someone be so obviously, and he could play with his left, but be so obviously one-footed, not particularly quick, but it absolutely not be a problem. He couldn't really take someone on. Um, he didn't have a he didn't have a trick. He was just unbelievable in how we would find space. One touch, bosh, ball in the box. And um, I was watching a, a few videos on online, as as I'm sure we all have in this uh, in this lockdown situation. And he. I've seen some of his goals, and I, I saw a replay of that uh, of that Greece against England game where he scored that last minute free kick, and he he was kind of like getting his sights through the game, and when it really mattered, he popped up and scored that goal, and he scored this unbelievable kind of whipped effort against Man uh, against Tottenham once. We kind of whipped the ball into the top left hand corner, and it was just like I just don't know how you've done that. Um, his crossing ability, I mean, the amount of times Rude van Nisselrooy would score against Newcastle almost solely because of him um, was unreal. And I just, I think he also transformed the way that people strike a football, which I, I, I think sounds ridiculous. But I think we went through a spell, and, and people still do it now, where you kind of like, when you're trying to cross a ball, you kind of use power to get the ball across the box. Or you kind of make a flat sort of cross and, and you make it inviting for someone to put their head on it. He kind of perfected the art of moving the ball whilst it was in the air, away from one person, but also right onto the head of the next person who you wanted to get it on. And I think he also changed what it means to be a footballer these days as well. And I think everyone who's a multi, multi, multi-millionaire because they've, you know, kicking a bag of air around, I, I think can probably trace that back to David Beckham in some way, shape or form and be grateful because he wasn't just a footballer. He was a, he was a famous person and, and then he was a footballer. But I think that kind of, again, overshadows a little bit more about him and that he was a ridiculously good football player and again you don't get to play alongside Zidane an original Ronaldo at, uh, at Real Madrid if you're not if you're not fairly handy um, and I just yeah I, I just don't think I've ever seen anyone hit a football the way that David Beckham hits a football so for me I couldn't I couldn't not put him in I would agree I think um, there was something you couldn't categorise about his play. And I think that's what you were saying at the beginning, the fact that he, you know, he wasn't the strongest, he wasn't the quickest, yet he he could make that football sing, couldn't he? Just amazing. And I, I think the other thing is as well, is that I remember when Wales played England in the qualifiers, it would have been 2005, I think, which were Mark Hughes's last few games, I think. Uh, I remember him scoring an unbelievable goal that day as well when we played them at Old Trafford. I went to that game and and again, he was one of these sort of shots from the outside of the box, you're like, oh, come on. Um, but the second time round, I think later in that game, or maybe it was the next campaign, I, I'm, getting, I'm getting them slightly muddled, where he basically played in centre midfield as like a like a quarterback like his his pace had kind of deserted him a little bit and so it was just like right you stand there mate everyone else will run around and you just 
ping the ball about. And again, the fact that you're that good that people are willing to make that many sacrifices on a football field for you even says everything I think you need to know about how good he was. I think, um, yeah, he was really, really special. And I think to an extent, I almost, I almost think, I think I've said this before, I almost think he's slightly underrated in a way. I think he's... I'm not sure he f- gets the credit per, per se as the as a footballer as as he could because of what he did off the pitch. But I mean, he's also a, a frighteningly handsome man. Um, so I, I do think that kind of changes people's perception or perception of him a little bit. But uh, anyway, I am now again rambling. Um, what about the best? This is again a bit of a misnomer because I don't think wide players really head the ball that much. But um, who have you gone for in that category? Um. Again, I was having trouble with this, and I think it's a little bit of a cheat because I wanted to keep my header for a forward to give to somebody else. Um, so I have put Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo in this category because, in fairness, he does I, – I worked it out. He scores somewhere between about 18 and 19% of his goals with his head. So I Good felt stuff. that was a reasonable – a reasonable kind of um, tick and he can head a ball. He he can jump, he can head a ball, you know. I mean, there is a, there is a salmon somewhere inside. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I, I, I just felt he, it was, it was an area I was struggling with actually. I had, I was struggling to come up with anybody that I felt was, you might class as a winger that could head the ball. And so, um, yeah, I went for him. Um, as predicted, this is where we do finally meet in the middle. Um, oh. <laughs> I uh, I did the same thing as you. I didn't want, and, and I don't think he's as good as the person who's going to be the best header of a ball I've ever seen in a in a in a forward role. Um, but I do count him as a as a winger from when he played at Manchester United and when he started at Real Madrid. And I know he doesn't really do that role anymore, but even so, he is still that sort of player. Um, there's just two examples that kind of stand out to me and one of them is the goal against Roma I think it was in a Champions League game where I think Scholes it is is the person who crosses the ball and if you look back at the goal he crosses the ball and Cristiano Ronaldo not only is he not in the box he's not actually even in the camera shot he's just not there and by the time the ball has got to the spot where it is headable for the defender, he emerges and basically jumps from the edge of the penalty box, hangs in the air until he's about at the penalty spot, and in the meantime, destroys whoever is supposed to be marking him and buries the ball. And I like it's just unbelievable. And I again I remember watching that live as in, you know, on the TV and thinking like I just don't I just don't understand how that's happened. Like at first view, I was just like, I think the I think the commentator's got the name wrong there because he wasn't in the box when he crossed <laughs> that ball. But no, no, who was right? Um, and obviously, you can't kind of think about this, unfortunately, without thinking about poor James Collins, um, who, or was it James Chester? Actually, now I said that. Well, whoever it was e- Chester, yeah, yeah, either one of yeah. the Jameses, um, <laughs> because that goal against us in the semi final is is literally undefendable. And I just don't. He's 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 jumped, hung in the air. He's bent his knees, and his knees are literally at James Chester's shoulders, who himself has jumped. Like it's not like he stood still. Mm -hmm. He's jumped, and he's. It was unbelievable, and he was 
and is just an unreal header of a footballer. And I think I wanted Ronaldo on my list somewhere. And I think I also thought this was probably the best place to squeeze him in. Mm-hmm. I would agree. It's, he's an interesting one, isn't he? Because he, he hasn't been on our list anywhere else. And yet he's a phenomenal player. Yeah, he'll go down as one of the greatest footballers of, yeah. of all time, or at least in that yeah. conversation. Um, yeah. I'm going to do, I'm going to just change the order up a little bit here and do my brain before you do yours. Um, okay. Only because we've already mentioned him somewhere else in this setup. And again, I wanted to keep my powder dry for footballers, for, for, for strikers rather than forwards. So I've gone for Messi as my brain here. I, I don't want to repeat anything that you've said because I agree with pretty much everything you've said and <laughs> um, we've talked about him for, for long enough I guess um, I just think that we mentioned the kind of composure situation with Zidane when we were talking about him previously and I think that is one of the key things that Messi has that not many others have it's not just the the ability to find the space and get there but it's also the fact that when he does get there he's completely nerveless he's an unbelievable finisher and I really do think that comes from kind of the, the the clarity of thought that he must have and he just doesn't seem to get flustered in any way so all of the other stuff is still true about him I still you know I'm not going to repeat myself he's an unbelievable goal scorer and everything else great getting in space but I think that kind of coolness is the thing that uh, strikes me most about him well you know I agree with that <laughs> um, for brain I I considered uh, Bruno Conte. Uh, I think he was sort of everything you might think of as the archetypal sort of Italian winger. Um, he could play on either flank. I think it's his, his adaptability that made me consider him for this category because he could play on either side. He could play attacking midfield. Um, but in the end, I went for a player that was actually one of my dad's favorites right and is one of the few players that I, I would have been a player that he would have just seen on on pate films in the, in the <laughs> cinema you know um so i went for garincha i think he um kind of epitomizes the joy and the fun of football and my dad always said that even just with the tiny little snippets of play that he would have seen that he made you smile and he made football look like entertainment. Um, so I was looking for a quote so that I, you know, to try and kind of epitomize that. And I found something from a, a Uruguayan writer. It's a bit long, but I think it's beautiful. So it's in the entire history of football, no one made more people happy when he was out there. The pitch was like a circus ring the ball, a tamed animal, the match, a party invitation. Garincha nurtured his pet, the ball, and together they created such mischief that people almost died laughing. He jumped over it. He jumped around it. He hid it. He skipped off and and made him run after it in the way his opponents had to run after each other. And that's obviously not what my dad said but that was basically <laughs> what my dad said about about Garincha yeah. and I I you could see even years later just how much joy he brought to the field so that's why I chose him um wow uh, I really enjoyed that actually <laughs> that was a really nice little uh speech is the wrong word but uh I, yeah. it was I know what you mean it's, I should I should 
I should credit the Uruguayan writer. It's Eduardo Galliano. Eduardo Galliano is a great name. Well, which I'm a big fan of. Um, for the engine, I kind of really struggled with this because I don't really know that wingers are kind of <laughs> renowned for their uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like they don't, you know, they're, they're almost relied for, uh, renowned for the opposite of tracking back. Uh, it's kind of like a classic cliche, isn't it? Having a lazy winger. Um, so uh, I, I don't, I don't really, I, I did kind of struggle a little bit in this area. Um, I really wanted to put Raheem Sterling up there because I don't think he gets the credit he deserves for his work rate. Um. And he's obviously a very talented footballer going forward, but I, I think the what he does off the ball and to help retain possession for Manchester City in that kind of system, which is so key for them, I think is is fantastic. I think is a bit of a cheat, but I kind of wanted Kevin De Bruyne to be in there somewhere because his I'm not sure he counts as a wide player, but his energy and everything is, is just unbelievable so in the end I found this quite tricky so I've kind of just gone for the thing that made me happiest and the person that I wanted to talk about the most um, he was a wide player but ultimately just kind of could play anywhere in midfield um, and he did have an unbelievable work rate um, and again I know this is a ridiculous answer but I just don't care um, it's Nobby Solano um, Nobby was the kind of player that anyone would love to have at their football club because not only was he a very, very talented player and he was great with both feet, um, he was fair, He had a decent turn of pace on him. Um, he was a very good finisher, scored a decent amount of goals for Newcastle, won against Leeds where Newcastle beat them 4-3 um, after being 3-1 down as a great example. Um, he also scored a cracker in an FA Cup game against Arsenal as well, kind of outside of the boot um, when he was playing at right back out of position. Um and again, that kind of epitomizes the kind of player he was. Um, he worked so hard and he was the kind of player who adored playing football and loved being loved. Um, and I think that showed in his kind of attitude and effort levels and commitment to playing football, which is all part of that kind of the engine and the and the hard workingness um, is the sort of thing that you, you kind of dream of in a footballer, I think. Um, I also went to uh, watch Newcastle Fulham at Craven Cottage many moons ago and was st stood behind a couple of people who had they all had Solano shirts on and obviously after a few light refreshments at half time I thought I'd, I'd kind of asked them what the you know why they were all Solano fans and it turned out that it was his brothers and his wife and his brothers were all across from Peru to to watch him and they were all there with their Solano shirts on and just chatted to them and they were just so such lovely people and it kind of hammered home this image that I have of Nob Nobby Solano of being the nicest man around because <laughs> his brothers were his brothers were so nice as was his wife to be fair um and the thing that I always keep coming back to with Nobby which is ridiculous because he was a very good player but I think it says a lot about him and the circumstances that and the the esteem that he was held in is that um Bobby Robson was obviously, you know, one of the greatest football men around. And he said it's always worth having a player like Nobby Solano in your team um, because he can do something that no one else can. And uh, the reporter kind of asked back, he's like, oh, what do you mean? He's like, oh, he can play the trumpet. 
And that kind of like <laughs> that kind of like summed up the whole the whole thing for me is that he was obviously such a good footballer. You didn't need to say why you needed him around because it was obvious why you needed him around because he, he was great. Um, but I, I think that kind of that story and that kind of sums up Nobby and why Newcastle fans and I, I don't doubt Brew fans as well are, are so fond of him. Um, I appreciate that this is not a particularly sensible footballing answer, but um, I think the world needs more Nobby Solanos on their football pitches, and I think uh, I think he deserves an honourable mention in some way, shape, or form. So that is why I went for Nobby Solano. I love that choice. That is so indulgent. <laughs> I'm right with that. I don't care. It's our podcast. Sod everyone else. If they don't want to listen, turn off. Um, I also had trouble with this category because. As you said, it seems it seems um, a little sort of counterintuitive, uh, yeah. and I considered emphasising perhaps just pace. And you know, there's a few wingers definitely that fall into the category of just having pace. Yeah. Um, but in the end, I wanted to stick with how I've interpreted this for most categories, which it's it's more about kind of engine and drive and longevity. Yeah. Um, I considered Jimmy Johnson the. Um, Celtic player because there was something relentless about his wing play. He he didn't seem to be a winger, if that makes sense. Yeah. He was much more, he mixed things up much more than you might expect. And so that's why he was kind of in my thinking. But I actually, I'm going to wind the clock back even a long way by my standards. <laughs> and I'm going to go for Billy Meredith, ah. who I think was you know, there may be an argument that he was our best ever player. Um, and I think he, he was incredibly professional and dedicated at a time when there was even a question about whether footballers should be professional, never mind how one behaved as a professional footballer. Uh, but the reason I went for him in this category was just the longevity of his of his career. When you consider that he his professional football playing spanned 32 years yeah. and he played in 27 seasons they actually lost he, he lost four seasons because of world war one he lost four uh, lost a season because of his ban around the you know um match fixing kind of stuff um he just seems to have been a player ahead of his time um and i think to have been able to play the way he did at the time that he did for as long as he did he must have had a hell of an engine so he, yeah. he ticks the box for me yeah um ruth is far too modest to say this but um we do have a very good article on uh billy meredith that ruth has written in two parts on our uh, wordpress website which is shamelessly not uh shamefully sorry not been updated for quite a while so if you do want to go and have a look at that please do um, I again, I, I I pretty much know what I know about Billy Meredith because of you, Ruth. So I, I will absolutely take your word on it. But I, I think the one thing that I take away from him is definitely his longevity, and I think you can't really go uh, far wrong. What did you say? Thirty-two seasons. It is. It spans thirty-two seasons. He actually played in twenty-seven because of the seasons that they lost due to the war and, and oh, that 12 month ban he had, but from start to finish, it's over 32 years that he was playing, which is just crazy. <laughs> That's absolutely ridiculous. Like, I mean, I, I, I can't even imagine how, what good shape you must be in to do that. Um, so yeah, 
unbelievable. I think that is uh, quite a nice, uh, a nice way to end with the pair of us having mildly indulgent. Uh, well, mine's actually not mild. Mine's completely indulgent nonsense. But um, uh, having having a good way to finish on those two things, I think there. Um, well, there you go. That is our rundown of what we think are the best parts of wide uh, midfielders. I feel like we are. Well, I say I feel like we are going to do a centre forwards episode, but I feel like we we should we should all do like we should also do maybe a forwards episode as well, um, somewhere along that, or even just a number tens episode. I don't know. I mean, like we we we're, it's not like we're running out of time to do these things. Is it? Let's be honest. <laughs> um, anyway. I am now waffling. Thank you very much for for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for your selections, Ruth. I very much enjoyed those. All right, and I'll I'll try and find some video clips for these some of these people you've never heard of. Excellent news. <laughs> I've completely forgot to do that for mine. Um, but Ruth is much more organised than me. Um, anyway, thank you very much for listening, ladies and gents, and we will speak to you soon. Goodbye. Bye bye. <laughs>